1: Today on the show, I would like to welcome Adrienne Miller, who is a serial entrepreneur and has launched four successful companies to include Adrienne Miller Sales Training, a sales consulting and training organization that she started 30 plus years ago. She also established Adrian's Network, a robust networking community comprised of 300 plus members, also Word's Work Copywriting, a customized content development firm, and the Three Dress, an integrated marketing company. Adrian works across a vast and diverse range of industries and with companies ranging from solopreneurs to global brands. She is also a professional speaker and author of multiple books. We have a great deal to talk about today, Adrienne. So let's just jump right into this and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. So let's talk a bit about your history, Adrian, such as where you grew up, some of your experiences that helped nurture some of the skills that you have today, and your love for entrepreneurship. All right. So I'm here in New York, it's where I grew
2: up and did a few detours to Boston, lived in Santa Cruz. And, um, (laughs) and I found my way back to New York. I I adore New York. I'm not one of those people who complain about anything, crowds, dirt, crime, any of that. First of all, we have way less of it than we ever did. And with COVID, we have way less of everything. But I adore New York. So, um, so I'm back here. And this is where I believe I will stay. I came to entrepreneurship pretty early on, 30 years ago. I was a really young woman, (laughs) which is not true now, but I was then. And it happened because I had a job and then all of a sudden I had uh, tiny children and the responsibilities of the job and how I work, which means I really jump in and it's it's, it's so all encompassing. But within the framework of corporate, I found that I couldn't quite juggle my existence, even though I had all the child support and everything else. It just didn't work. It didn't work for me. My kids were fine. I was way less than fine. And I found that too much time would go by that I actually didn't see them. And that just didn't seem tenable. I also wanted to be, old cliche here, the captain of my own ship. Um, I'm an only child. I found, (laughs) okay. (laughs) and I I just wanted it to be all about me. No, I really wanted wanted to make the decisions. I wanted to sink or swim based on my um, capabilities. And I found that a tremendous challenge because I hadn't done it before. But again, I was young. I didn't feel like I had anything to lose. And I said, you know what? If this all falls apart, that's okay, because I can always get a job. I can always get a job. So why shouldn't I try this now? And I still, I think that was the best thing I ever did. And, and you can always get a job. Who I don't know why people are nervous to jump into this pool, because if it doesn't work, if you find it doesn't suit you, forget about it. Not, I mean, it can work. You could get clients and you can build this this entity. And all of a sudden you go, you know what? I really like having this much bigger organization surrounding me. That's fine. Go back and do it because you can do it. So I'm I'm so glad I jumped in that pool. I did not have role models, really, that were very entrepreneurial. 30 years ago, hey, we didn't all have all this stuff at our fingertips, all this technology and seeing TED Talks and going online and reading stories that would give you the support to go out and do it. You just did it. I feel like I hate to say this. I feel like I was a ballsier person than a lot of people who go into this now. I there were not all these support groups and these masterminds you can join and all this online, this and online that. You had to get your information in a much more
1: time-intensive way. Right. Absolutely. So we well we did well, it. You did it. You did it. You absolutely did it. And as you said, we didn't have all this technology. So you were knocking on doors. You were talking to literally, (laughs) literally knocking on doors. You were talking to people face to face. And that was ballsy. That took courage. And you had mentioned it. And I was going to ask you any modeling, no modeling. Not really. I didn't know a lot
2: of female entrepreneurs. I really didn't know any. I knew companies. I knew corporate from small companies. They weren't all global brands, but from those small companies to very large companies, that's kind of what I knew. That's where everyone I know worked. But you know what? When I started my own business, I knocked on the door and picked up the phone and called people I knew who were in those very big companies and said, hi, do you have anything I can do for your company? Here's what I'm starting. And I was able to get some very big companies as my initial clients, and they offered a tremendous cushion because I wasn't working with people who are struggling startups like me. And those words that have a certain cachet now, struggling startup, you know, it sounds sexier than it actually is. So
1: <laughs> the truth
2: really sounds sexier than those who have done it. Um, it what, we didn't have a meetup for struggling startups. We didn't have that type of community and I'm an extroverted person trust me if a community existed I found I would I would find it but I didn't so you know I made my way even oh god even personal stuff you know it's like now I'm in all these um groups Facebook groups from my community my little local community and it's like if you've got kids, it's like, hi, I need a babysitter. Does anyone know this? Does anyone know that? I didn't have that. I just right. figured out how to freaking do it because, you know, you had this baby and you needed child care. It's like, hey, I need trial care. And yeah, right. <laughs> go online and, be, and was able to find it. So I do think it's easier. I think some things are more difficult. Our competition's more global. But our resources
1: are there. Absolutely. Beautiful world when you have them right at your fingertips. It absolutely is. But here's the other thing, Adrian, and you mentioned this, you figured out how to access them and took the opportunity to do that. And many people still don't access those resources, even though they're there. So bravo to you that you've done that. Now, my next question was going to be, You started a company 30 plus years ago. Did you have a plan or did you just jump right in?
2: Oh, I wish I could say I had this business plan. I was so organized. No, Um, (laughs) I really didn't. Do I um, encourage people to do it my way? Not not a hundred percent. I am a just do it kind of person. It's my style. But no, I I didn't have a plan. I had an innate confidence in myself. And remember, one of the things I was always good at, probably starting from when I was two years old, was selling. I was I'm able to. I'm able to present things in a way that people get excited and want to buy it. Yay for me. So, I, I mean, it wasn't so much so easy to present myself like, oh, buy me, because that, that's a little weird. But um, no, I didn't have a plan. I knew I needed to bring in clients. Why? I, it is still my mantra. You don't have a business until somebody pays you for your products or services. You have a hobby and hobbies are awesome. But to have a business, you need to have someone who says, yay, I want to work with you. And I like to think you want to work with me. You see the value in what I do and you're going to pay me for that. When you're starting a business, bartering it is very difficult model to have. Now, here's where I was very fortunate. Um, I did have clients very early on, and very quickly I became aware that I was not going to be able to do everything. I could not actually execute the work and do the business development that was required because I didn't have that business development engine turning. It's it, it. You don't want peaks and valleys. And I still hadn't gotten to climb the mountain and I hadn't figured out how to stay there. So the very first thing I did well before I could afford it was to hire someone to help me with business development. And quite frankly, some of that paycheck came out of my household money, my husband's salary. And that's where I was fortunate because I had that cushion. I kudos to single women, single moms who don't have that cushion and, and, and get that started. Oh my gosh. I really, I, I hold them in great acclaim the ability to really execute the work that you've been hired to do and really do biz dev at the same time at the level you want to do it to do them together is very problematic so i hired someone for 10 hours a week and that grew And that grew and and then it became full-time because it became a full-time job. And I wanted her to be involved in um, networking and I wanted her to go to networking meetings and I wanted her to join me in client engagements. And she became a right hand and and stayed with me for a long time. So
1: it was wonderful. That was wonderful. That is fabulous. And I love that tip. It really is a tip. Because as a business owner, number one, you've given a lot here. The government also, also describes a business as something where you earn money and it's not a hobby. Number one. Number two, you're absolutely right. You don't have the time to do the direct service if you're splitting your time so much so that you're doing the business development. So that is such a great tip. And it is so true. And as entrepreneurs, we learn that. Where do we find time to do the direct service if we're splitting ourselves so thin in relation to business development, marketing, all these different areas, social media, all of it? So, especially at
2: the beginning, because once you've got clients and you have recurring revenue, and once you realize, wow, I could cross sell and upsell other products or services, I could get more from this existing client once you have that in place it just you know assuming you are leveraging it know how to work that the need to constantly bring in new you know it softens a little bit because you know my big win this week was a reactivation of a dormant account where we had a very natural pause to our business but it seemed to me I didn't have to go out to the marketplace and keep looking for people I didn't know at all and then have to prove myself and give them everything and start selling from scratch. I just needed to go back to my database and and, and reconnect and touch them and show value and be proactive about here's why we should reopen this door. Because here are some thoughts I have for you in 2022 And and I'm hearing all sorts of positive things. And a real tip, a real tip, because here we are in September, mid-September, the words that were music to my ears and makes me think I got to really hustle now, they said, oh, this is perfect timing. We're doing our budgets
1: now. Right. Beautiful.
2: (laughs) So don't wait until December. And don't wait until January do it now. What's the worst thing they can say? Well, we're just playing with our budgets. Can you talk to me in two weeks or four weeks? You've already now, you know, stuck your little heels into their
1: backyard and you can walk forward a lot easier. So. Right. Absolutely. Great tip. Now, what has been a challenge for you as an entrepreneur and how have you overcome this challenge?
2: my, (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because we were talking about it this weekend. I know uh, we were introduced from Scott, by Scott Mason, and we were talking about it. We were talking about picking up the phone and reaching out to people. And there was a point in time where I felt like my Uh, My worthiness was suppressed when I didn't have like this entourage. So I would make a call and go, hi, this is Susan Lewis calling on behalf of Adrian Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Adrian would like to know if. And then, and then I learned to like use a different tonality for my voice. And honestly, only once did someone say, "Wow, you really sound so much like." I mean, yeah, <laughs> people say that all the time. We could actually be sisters, but um, yeah. It, so, so for a while, it took me. It took me a while to own, to own my entrepreneurship, or, it, it, and to feel. Bigger and empowered, and I'm I'm so fine with it being me, just me now. For a while, I had more employees than I knew what to do with, and um, it got to be, you know, if there was even a little valley, <laughs> like paying them, got right. to be an issue. So I decided I didn't have to do that. Um, outsourcing things, I didn't need payroll. Um, at the beginning, again, early on, we didn't have this whole, you know, outsourced and my gal Friday and Fiverr and all these tools. Right. Oh, my gosh, you had to like, yeah, and if you brought in freelancers and stuff, it was the whole legality of the stuff. And I was keeping the only person I was keeping happy was my CPA and me calling the lawyer and saying, what, how do I, how do I put this person on? And yeah. It was not so easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't mean to be disparaging and make people think I, I you know, I was like, I walked 40 miles to to school in the snow. Um, but, you know, you, we access to this type of information now, which quite frankly, I just have to take my phone, you know, and just go on to Google and get the answer to that
1: burning question didn't exist. Right. No, I get you. I was right there with you <laughs> growing up and without that technology. You know, when my husband joined the military and I didn't have access to him except through letter writing, you know, now they have phones, now they have other ways of communicating. There's so many resources out there. And I remember you know, the difference between having it and not having it and when it was first starting. So it's just, you mentioned something here that's so important when you're making those calls and that, that Miss Lewis versus Adrian, you know, it's that imposter syndrome. So they have a name for it now where they never had a name, but we all experience the same thing, right. To a certain degree, like, wow. Oh my gosh. Should I be in this space? Should I not be in this space? Have I worked long enough to be in this space? we talk about these things now, right? We have the opportunity. We just didn't have a name back then. Today we have a name for it. It's imposter syndrome, but we all experienced this stuff. So know that if you're out there listening to this, we've all been there. We've all been there, but we've worked through it. So okay. let's, let's get to your businesses and your books. Cause you have multiple businesses mm-hmm. and multiple books. Can you touch on them both? Okay, so my businesses, I do
2: have multiple businesses, and if I had been smarter at the beginning, I would have perhaps known that this should be under all one umbrella, but they were very sequential, but they're all pointed at the same thing. So my businesses are all working with companies to help them grow through sales, business development, and marketing. Okay. So what I deploy is sales training and strategy and lead generation and everything that it takes for a company to bring in more new clients as well as grow their existing clients, everything under that umbrella. And then I realized somewhere, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I'm a pretty good writer. And I started writing my own blogs and newsletters and materials. And then all of a sudden people I was working with for sales stuff said, can you write my blog or can you write our sales materials? And I went, no, I don't do that. And then I went, well, that's stupid. Maybe you should be doing that. And then, so the next person who asked me, I went, yes, I can do that. And that, That's a fabulous um, business. I adore doing that. It's really where I derive quiet time because I get very focused in what I'm writing. And and I have two partners who help me with that. And I'm a very anecdotal writer. I write in a particular style and they have different styles. And so I as, as a company, we can cover all bases. And then people would say, Well, you do this um, sales stuff and you write, but I need a brochure designed. I went, I don't do that. <laughs> I can't design websites. Anyway, and then I said, Well, that again is I learn faster. And that was silly. And of course, we can do that. And hence the birth of that other company. Some people use us for everything. Some people use me for one thing. And the larger companies that have me do a lot of the sales stuff don't have me do that um, graphic design or writing because they have those departments internally. And then I have a networking community. I have built all of my business through networking for the most part. And I was on the board of groups and the president of groups. And all of a sudden I said, I'm burning out. I'm in too many things. I want to design something really the way I would love to see it and put in all the things that I would say is, makes for top notch networking. So about 10 or 12 years ago, I launched that. And once again, I said, if it works great, if it doesn't work, then so be it. I didn't lose much other than you know having a website put up and you know, at that by that point, um, honestly, I wasn't suffering from imposter syndrome so much. And I, you know, maybe back in the day, I would have said losing face, but I didn't feel like I was losing face because it is okay to start something and not have it
1: succeed. Great words of wisdom but I want you to talk about your two books. Is it two books or three books? It's two books. I am working
2: on a third. And that's a compilation because I probably am never going to, again, going to be able to write a whole book. It is very time consuming. And um, I did it when I was doing a lot of trans U.S. travel because I had clients in California. So the airplane, fabulous place to be writing a book. It's called The Blatant Truth, 50 Ways to Sell Success. It is really, it sounds just like me. I love when people say that to me. My God, Adrian, I could hear you. I said, well, that's that's really the way I write. You can hear me coming through. It is absolutely practical in your face um, tips, techniques, tricks, tactics to be more effective at sales. And that's exactly what it is. I have used chapters of it when I do sales training. I have clients that um, mandate reading the book, and then we go through chapters. It is it is, it is down and dirty in the trenches sales techniques. And then I wrote one for customer service. Um, It's the blatant truth, how to not screw up the customer service game because um, how you deliver what you um, do to clients and how you uh, fix foul ups and how you respond to your clients and customers is sometimes the key differentiator between you and your competition. And it also, I mean, I wrote that book when I was working with a client that they had so much client um, uh, attrition. It was like a revolving door. Because why? Because you called up. It was a pretty big company. You called up. You didn't get satisfied. You were on hold for 45 minutes. The person who answered the call was rude. Um, It sounds like a lot of companies we deal with now. And, And it became my belief that this is not rocket science. OK, um, I think, you know, uh, treat your customer the way you want your grandmother to be treated when they call up and have questions is like kind of how I what I have in my head. And um, I know the technology is complicated and difficult. And I bring in people who who really own that space. It's not me. But all of those soft skills and all of those things that really comprise customer service excellence and exceeding, not meeting customer expectations. That's kind of BS. I mean, really you expect to stay in business if you can't even meet expectations? Who are you? exceeding is where you should be playing. And I hope I can help people by reading that book and exceeding customer expectations. And the third one, we haven't even gotten the title, but along with about 12 or 15 people, we are writing a a business book and we're all pointing at our areas of expertise and providing insights how to do these parts of your business really well. I'm super excited Mm. about that.
1: I love this. Where can people
2: find your book? Um, the Blatant Truth is um, www.theblatanttruth.com. It's also on Amazon. Um, but if you go to www.theblatanttruth.com you can get a free download. If you want a real book, I'm happy to send that to you. Um, um, Miller at adrianmiller.com. I actually do look at my emails um, and respond to them in a timely fashion and love to get emails. I love to answer questions. It's always yesterday I did a speech for the SBDC and I got questions afterwards. It was it, first of all, it indicated to me people were really listening. And really were thinking about how they could put something into action. I I gave an idea, I gave them advice, but they wanted it really customized for them. I was so excited Mm -hmm. to get those questions. I have a call today scheduled with somebody, no, tomorrow, uh, with someone who was on um, on the program. He said, oh, my God, I need to work with you. There's so many things I want to do based on what you said. And I was like, oh my God,
1: this is awesome. (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome. You have given so much here. So many pearls here. Thank you, Adrian, for all that you have given here and explained and touched on in regards to entrepreneurship, how you've done things, how you've leaned into your courage. And you took those steps. Like we talked about today, somebody called you lucky. It's not luck it's action. It's taking those steps. It's reaching out. There are so many various ways that you can actually build your business and it isn't luck. So my last question for you is if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Okay.
2: And, and it sounds kind of airy fairy, but I don't really <laughs> mean that. I don't mean it that way. I, I, I and it goes back to not, not, relying on luck. It's really own your future and understand what makes you different in the marketplace. And you can't own your future until you know what sets you apart. Oh, and it can't be, I really like my clients or I do good work because that means nothing. So craft, What makes you different in the marketplace? And be as specific as possible. Be as real as possible, provide some details and then own your future. Don't wait for your future to happen to you. Create it, make it happen. Make what you wanna see be in your short and long-term future happen, but you have to take the steps. No one can do it for you.
1: Well, thank you, Adrienne, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You can connect with Adrienne Miller by following her on LinkedIn and going to AdrienneMiller.com and Adrian'snetwork.com.
0: Thank you for joining us on the CORE Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at CORE Women and on Twitter at CORE Women 1. For more about CORE Women and Dr. Watson, visit COREwomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at the life, Love, and Money.com.